0: I talked about pulling up negative, negative Cs, if you planted a negative word. And so often, uh, you know, we do focus on negative reports. We focus on facts. Uh, we focus on our past lifestyle. Um, I have a, another new book out there, it's called, What's My Next Step, I'm a New Believer. And it, it deals with questions that uh, is good to give to a new believer, because it talks about, who am I now? What about my past lifestyle? Why do I need new friends? It's an excellent tool actually to give to someone the minute they get born again because it reinforces the importance of the local church. But so often we can be believers for years, but we still... Hold on to those weights of the past We've got to let go of those weights Because if you don't let go In 2 Corinthians ten four and 5 It says the weapons of our warfare Are not carnal but mighty through God To the pulling down of strongholds Casting down imaginations And every high thing that exalts itself Against the knowledge of God And bring into captivity every thought To the obedience of Christ So the first thing you have to do is When a negative thought comes Do not rehearse it you know how you do that You think, oh, I wish I'd have said this And then they have said that And then I could have come Don't rehearse the negative thought Because if you rehearse it It will now become an imagination And imaginations grow And they get bigger And bigger And bigger And they can get to the point they will get so big They now become a stronghold And now it's going to take a weapon of your warfare. It's going to take a word of God where you're going to have to pull down that stronghold. You're going to have to know what the word says. Like it says in Philippians, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on those things. The minute a negative thought comes, you replace it with truth. Whatsoever things are true, just, honest, pure, lovely, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, Think on those things, and the peace of God will then flood your heart. That's how you get the victory. Start with Philippians 4 6, 7, 8. Uh, be anxious for nothing, don't rehearse those negative thoughts. Amen. That's really, really a uh, critical thing that you understand. And now I want to talk about another uh, subject on, on healing, or another direction. Because so often people will ask me, Well, you know, it's important to understand healing. But it's also important to understand some things that can hinder healing, not just just the words that you speak, but in Deuteronomy 29:29, 29, 29, if you want to turn there. Deuteronomy 29:29. 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. God has the prerogative of having secrets. He can have a secret if he wants to have a secret. And the things that he reveals to us, then they belong to us. But if he doesn't reveal it to us, that is his secret We all have secrets. We know what secrets are. A secret is information that has been withheld from the knowledge of someone else. A secret is when you withhold information from the knowledge of someone else. We don't have all the answers, but we take what we do know and we continue to grow day by day. But often people have asked me, why did my loved one or... You know, why did so-and-so die when I know they were in faith? It's a good question. I've had that asked me uh, so many times. And if you don't understand some of the whys, like I said, we don't have all the answers. But if you don't understand some of the whys, it can cause you to get into confusion. And if you think so-and-so was in faith and they died then wrong thinking would be for you if you got sick and you think, well, I know my friend was in faith and they died. I guess maybe I'll still die too. That is dangerous thinking. You don't go there. Once again, you stay with the word regardless of what did or did not happen to someone else. Guard your heart. Guard your heart, because we don't have all the answers, but we do have some of them. Because confusion is not from God. Confusion is not from God. And, um, you know, fear and worry, that's the enemy of your faith. So that's why it's so important that you always guard your, your, cell, your heart. That's what I like about the NIV. It says, above all... Guard your heart against facts about negative reports. Guard your heart about questioning what happened, why did so-and-so die. And let me say, too, it's not, it's, I mean, it is okay to ask God a question. But it is not okay to question God. You know what I'm saying? You can ask God a question, but to question God would be, well, I just kind of question if healing really is for everybody. Yeah. See, you're questioning the word of truth. Don't question the truth. But you can ask God a question. And once you've asked Him the question, you then put it on the shelf and you let Him answer it in His timing. But if you have the attitude, well, bless God, I'm not going to go back to church until God answers my question. (laughs) He'll answer the question in church, most likely, through the pastor's sermon. Or through the word of God. But if you have this kind of attitude, you're hardening your heart and your ear will not hear the answer. Don't be mad at God. If there's ever a downfall, it is never on God's fault. It's never his fault. It's not on his side. So we need to understand. Now, I shared my testimony with you about when I was healed of cancer. And I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. He told me my time was up. He told me that it was too late for the doctors to help me. And he also told me I didn't have to die. He said, through me, you can change your destiny. You remember me telling you that? Well, let's just imagine for a moment that I didn't respond like I did. See, I responded to God. It was very easy for me to respond to God. And let me tell you why. Because from the time I was a little girl, I read the word. I started in Genesis. Do you think I didn't understand half of what I read? I mean, but every time I finished a chapter, I went to the table of contents. I'm just a toddler. Well, maybe, you know, in grade school. Just checked off that chapter, checked off that one, just checked them off. I read them, didn't understand it, but I read it. But what was I doing? I was getting something in me. And when God spoke to me, it was so easy for me to respond because it was so easy to hear his voice. But see, if you don't take time To spend time with him because of the magnitude of his love for you. He is always speaking to you. But if you don't take time to listen to him, you will miss it. Or you'll think, was that God speaking to me? You'll talk yourself right out of it. Mm. God wouldn't speak to me. Well, yes, he will. He loves you. He died for you. So you have to take time to spend time so you recognize his voice. Your best friend can call you They don't even have to tell you who they are You've spent time But if a stranger called you who is this? Where do you live? Well, How do I know you? (laughs) See that's how it would be You don't want that to be that way with God So you want to know his voice Very, very important to spend time So I knew his voice But let's just imagine That I didn't respond that way Supposing I would have just responded or ignored it Or I would have thought, hmm, I don't know I think maybe I would like to come to heaven Let's just imagine that I would have died instead of living You know what would have happened? My family, all of my church members They would have said, why did God let Marilyn die? Why didn't God heal Marilyn? It must have been her time. Every one of those statements would have been incorrect. God was doing everything supernaturally to help me live. See, so you see where I'm coming from? We don't know how other people respond. And God may not tell you how they responded because it could be his secret. God has that prerogative to have a secret. And that's why it says in Galatians 6, 9, don't get weary in well-doing. You want to be strong in the Lord because if he cares enough to tell you that you can live, he probably wants you to keep living, right? You know, the Bible says, why should you die before your time? It is possible to die before your time. You know, you've probably heard the same people say, "Um, well, that person certainly in the wrong place at the wrong time you ever hear that well that almost implies that there's a right time to be in the wrong place (laughs) if there's a wrong time to be in the wrong place is there a right time to be in the wrong place no if it's the wrong place it is always the wrong time and who's going to tell you about that your helper The Holy Spirit, he's there to guide you into all the truth so that you're not going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and die before your time. See how important it is to use your helper. I mean, what a beautiful gift we have with the Holy Spirit. So sometimes people don't respond because they haven't spent time with him. They don't recognize his voice or it could be they've just talked themselves out of it. Or sometimes people just don't want to keep living. They just—they just get weary. They don't want to fight the good fight of faith. I just, just—I mean, I have three friends I've lost this year, and the one friend said, "I'm tired. I'm just tired." But see, that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit—to help you to not get tired. But we don't ever, don't ever judge somebody, and don't ever tell somebody they're not in faith. Faith is of the heart, and you cannot see what's in their heart. We don't judge people. Amen. We always want to stay in the love walk. Now, there was a friend, uh, a girl from my church, who had, I can't remember if it was multiple sclerosis or cerebral palsy. I can't remember which one it was. But uh, one day the pastor said, uh, she needs somebody to come and help her clean her house. And I thought, oh, I'll go. know i work at the church but when i get off on fridays i can go over and help her clean her house and maybe i could help encourage her uh, on her faith for healing because she would get in every healing line every sunday pastor prayed for the sick every sunday she was in the healing line every time we had a guest speaker she's in the healing line every i mean everybody just loved her she was just the sweetest gal and everybody in the church well not everybody but many people in the church We're praying for her. I thought, I'm gonna go help Jackie clean her house and pray with her, and I'm sure I can and help her. And but it was you know, this had gone on for years, and I thought, what is the delay? And I said, Lord, if you can use me to maybe bring some enlightenment, you know, I make myself available, but I just don't understand why is there such a delay? Why is she not receiving her healing? I said, if you can use me, Lord, use me. And immediately, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, oh, well, she doesn't want to be healed. What? <laughs> that was my, fr- what? <laughs> and as soon as I said, what, I knew the answer. So I went to her the next, I, next time I was over there on Friday night. I said to her, um, <clears throat> tell me now, do you really, do you really want to be healed? Well, of course, Marilyn, I want to be healed. I want to live in this This wheelchair and everything, I want to be healed. I says, You really do? Yes, I do. I says, Well, then, do you know that if the Lord heals you or that if you receive your healing, that you will have to give up your disability check? Do you know that? And very soft voice, she said, Kind of lowered her head, I know that. I said, Are you willing? To give up that disability check and she put her head way down and she said no I am not I said so you really don't want to be healed do you and she said not really I said would well, you know something that's your prerogative but let me tell you something else and I would advise you on this I said to her don't get into one more healing line Because you are bringing confusion to the body of Christ. They're all wondering the same thing that I was wondering. What is the delay? Why is she not being healed? What is it, God? She's such a good person, loves you. I said, if you don't want healing, that is truly your choice. But don't play games with God. And don't play games with everybody's heart. And then she died in her wheelchair. She didn't get to take her disability check to heaven or nothing. But she, but she had it the whole time she was in that wheelchair. But I tried to tell her, I said, The same God that heals is the same God that will supply all of your needs. He will help you with a job. She said, I don't want to work. So see, some people, if they can tolerate their sickness, they will tolerate that over giving up a disability check. Mm -hmm. It's sad to say, but that will help you when you think, why did so-and-so die? I know they were in faith. That's one, one way, one reason. And sometimes other people are very insecure. They don't want to be healed because they're going to lose the attention. And you can, you can help that person. The person that doesn't want to give up a disability check is very hard to help that person. They flat out don't want to work. But someone who is insecure, you can help them to understand how much God loves them and to encourage them who they are in Christ and that kind of thing, you know. But then um, there was another person from my church, <clears throat> a very close friend of mine, and she had cancer. And she was going through uh, chemotherapy, and she had to go to um, the hospital periodically. And then when you come home, you're usually quite sick after chemotherapy for a while and then you get better and then another month goes by and then you're back in the hospital and uh, but the doctors were just uh, so amazed and she was really doing good and and we belong to a very strong word of faith church so she heard the truth on healing and she knew the truth and she was applying truth and she is having just a great recovery But she still was at the stage where she had to go back and forth to the hospital and have the chemotherapy treatments, and then she would be sick when she came home. So one day I thought, well, she's coming home. I'm going to go uh, see her, and maybe I can just kind of help her at at home. And she had a teenage daughter and a married son. And so her teenage daughter was there, and uh, she needed some help with some things. And her daughter said, Mom, again, I want to go be with my friends. I said, excuse me. <laughs> I said, I know that's your mother, but that's my friend. Don't talk to my friend like that. Maybe I shouldn't have been that bold, but I did. I said, don't talk to my friend like that. I love my friend. I said, why don't you go and be with your friends, and I'll stay here, and I'll be with my friend. I'll take care of your mother today. I didn't like the way she, because I know that wasn't the first time she said it like that. Oh, Mom, how do you think that makes a sick Person feel do you think they like being sick? Do you think they like having to run back and forth being nauseated and everything they don't like that? But that's just sometimes the results of chemotherapy So I took care of my friend and she's still getting better And then uh, one day she was back in the hospital for some more treatments still getting better and I went to see her and I walked in her room and immediately, I sensed something different. And I said to her, "Okay, what's wrong? What's happened? I feel there's. I don't like this. Uh, I'm picking up something here. I don't like this. What is it?" Well, I decided I, I'm just going to go to go to heaven this week. I said, "What? What? Why? Why? Why, why are you going to die? Why, why? You're doing so good." Well. My married son came to visit me today. And I said, yeah. Well, he told me not to worry about anything because he put my house up for sale. and He's already given a lot of my furniture away. And I'm, she said, I was expecting to get better and go home. And now my house is for sale. He already told me what he's given away. She said, my family doesn't care any more about that. I just might as well go on and be with Jesus. She died that week. Getting better every day. But feeling so unloved and so much a burden to her family, she said, forget it. Jesus loves me. I'll go be with him. And she did. And you know what? I was the only person that she had said that to. Nobody else knew. So the whole church is thinking, why did she die? I know she was in faith. You see? We don't always know what's going on. You don't always know the secret things belong to the Lord. And then there was another friend of mine. We graduated from Bible school together. A missionary, she had to come back to Tulsa and go through some, she had cancer, had to go through some chemotherapy. And uh, she too was doing good. I mean, we just graduated from Rhema together. And, but she was, she was a strong person of faith. And um, so I went to her house one day Because she was, I mean, she was really in a bad way, but just really, really believing. And uh, I got to her house, and the Lord told me as I was going over there, He said, um, She's going to die. And I was so disappointed that my friend was going to die. And He said, Just go over and love on her. So I went over there and. like my other friend, she was in a situation where she needed some help with something. And her husband, the same thing. Oh, I'm so tired of this. I well, thought, don't but don't you think she is too? <laughs> you know? he just, And then she had several teenage kids. And they were getting to go out. It was on a Friday night. And they, were, they came downstairs and started heading out the front door. And in her frail little voice, she said, well, kids, come come, come say good, good night to me. Oh, mom, we're in a hurry. We gotta go. We gotta go. Oh, please come and see me. They didn't come in. My heart was just broken for her. She knew she'd become a burden. She'd become a burden. So she went home. And I saw it. God says, and she's gonna go home because she she's become a burden to her family let me say something about being a caregiver it is not a lack of faith for you to take a break if you need to take a break there is no condemnation you need to take a break because they can sense your spirit we all need to take a break from that kind of a, a workload. It's okay, but take a break. I mean, if you have to hire somebody or, or do something, but on a regular basis, uh, have one day that that's your break day. You need to do it. Then there was this other lady, and this was um, before I had um, gotten into the strong word of faith that I had been since, since taught, but it was a good church. And um, this lady had a disease, and I don't know what they called it, but it was um, a long-term disease that was inoperable and was definitely uh, going to cause her an early death. Um, they were, it was a nice Christian family. Her husband was very nice, and she had one teenage boy, very nice. Like all the families were nice. And, um, but they didn't have a lot of word of faith teaching. And the doctor said, every day you will be closer and closer to death. But it might take about three years. So during that three-year period, she always told her husband and her son, don't worry about me. I know, I know I'm know, i going to be with Jesus. Just please don't worry about me. And they were always kind of going in that vein. And now she was on her deathbed, and uh, her husband said, she really wants to come home, to die at home. Would that be okay? And he said, Sure. So they brought her home, and she's on her deathbed, probably going to, most likely will be dying that day. Her teenage son came into her room, and she said to him, Now, don't worry. I think I'm going to be with Jesus before the day is over. Don't worry about me. I'm going to be okay And with tears in his eyes, he cried out and he said, Mom, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about me because I need you. I need my mother. He was, I think, about 16 or 17 years old. He said, I need you. And he ran out of her room in tears. And she, laying there on her deathbed, she said, God, I can't die my son and my husband they need me they need me I cannot die immediately not an instant healing but immediately everything turned around and she had a complete recovery motivated let me listen to this motivated by love to live motivated by love to live did not have the word of faith like the other ones did but the others felt so having been a burden to their family felt so unloved they they chose they chose to go home but the other motivated by love to live and then I had another friend. Uh, I've lost a lot of friends. <laughs> but this other friend of mine, uh, she became very sick with cancer while I was living up in the Alps. And I got emails from some of my friends and said that she is so strong in faith, which is so encouraged. And I thought, well, praise the Lord. However, I knew which kind of church my friend went Went to and it was a very calvinistic church where god heals some and he d- doesn't heal others So I knew where she's coming from and I knew I knew her pastor very well And I knew that he did not believe like we believe But they said she's in faith. I thought well praise god so I was um Coming back home for uh, A while and so I thought i'm going to go i'm going to go see her And so I went uh, I went to her home and uh, her Another very close friend was there and uh, helping to take care of her and everything. And I told her friend, I said, if you don't mind, I'd like to be alone, alone with Robin. Well, the friend took offense to that, which I knew she would. I But I'm not here for you. I'm here for my friend Robin. I said, "So if you don't mind, I really would like to be alone with my friend. Well, I don't know why I can't stay. I said, I just want to be alone with her, you know. Okay, so she left the room And I listened to my friend talk Just listened You can locate people if you listen to them Mm. Let them talk And I realized, ah, they're right She was strong In faith But not strong In faith for healing She was strong In faith That if she wasn't healed She's going to go to heaven How many of you know that you're going to go to heaven? Yeah you know what you're not only strong in faith you have great faith I couldn't talk you out of that for anything you have you already have great faith you know if you need healing or something just switch it over to another area you've already got great faith you've already got it but she had great faith strong faith she's going to go to heaven but that is not what she implied to everybody else you know people will say all the right things that they think they that you want to hear. They'll say a healing scripture and this and that. Oh, I know the Lord's going to heal me. Praise God. And, and when they say it, he's going to right there, they don't have it because you is healed. You is healed. <laughs> and until you realize you is, you're not. <laughs> That's where the eye of faith comes in, connected with the ear. The ear of faith has to hear what the eye of faith sees. <clears throat> because you have to know in here that you is Not going to be But you is Just as much as you is saved Mm, You know that you are saved And you haven't seen heaven So you haven't seen your healing But you have to know I is healed I haven't seen heaven And I may not have seen my healing But I is saved and I is healed It's the same thing Amen So Uh, just talking to her i thought oh she is strong in faith that if she's not healed she's going to go to heaven and she is going to go to heaven but she was in hope for healing all her other friends from that same church they don't understand i thought well they can't recognize that they don't recognize she's in hope for healing but she is in faith for salvation and when she died and she did she didn't last much longer They were so confused Why did robin die? I know she was in faith See you don't you need to recognize there's weak faith little faith strong faith great faith growing faith False there's even false faith. You know what false faith is to have your faith uh, In somebody else's testimony. I had a friend um, Well, not a real close friend, but he was um, a minister in one of our churches and um He was healed of of, of appendicitis when he was a young boy. And um, now he's married and he has several children. And his young daughter, and I think she was about eight years old, she had appendicitis attack. And she was in a lot of pain and crying. She says, Daddy, aren't you going to take me to the doctor? No. God healed me of appendicitis and he's going to heal you of appendicitis. So we're just going to stay here and, and God's going to heal you. Well, she died. She died that night. I mean, they almost took all of his children away. It hadn't been for the whole church just really talking to the judge and letting him know that he just didn't understand. I mean, we fought for him to be able to keep his other children. And he was able to keep his other children. But to them, hey, you should have taken her to the doctor. But see, he was using his testimony trying to... And put that into her. That's not her testimony. That's false faith. You can't say, well, so-and-so sold all their furniture and moved to Africa. I guess I can sell all my furniture and move to Africa and God will bless. No, you can't. You each have to have your own testimony. You can't use somebody else's and put that on another person. But anyway, um, so Robin did die. But so there's different levels of faith. And you need to recognize. You need to learn to recognize your own level of faith. But you already confessed you have great faith So don't Don't switch over to another level of faith For something else Keep yourself built up Praying in tongues all the time Listening to the word all the time Feeding your spirit You know it's a lot of work and I know it is But to me it is worth it all It is worth it all I don't have time to tell you Another healing testimony that I had But it's just like uh, Let me just share one other thing with you what, Rob, what everybody saw in Robin was grace They saw God's grace on her And they mistook it Had mistaken it for faith Now you all know that if somebody in your family I hope, I, I hope it's okay we talk like this But if somebody dies so that's very close to you uh, Then during that whole funeral and everything You're covered with grace That you're able to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. And people will say, oh, I don't think I'd have as much faith as that person has if I had to go through that. They're not going through it with faith. They're going through it with grace. That's grace, not faith. Nothing taken against the fact that they have faith, but that's grace. That's why two months later, they need to have a lot of people around them and encouraging them. Why? Did they lose their faith? No. The grace was lifted. Grace is for a season. The grace was lifted. Now they need you to rally around. We need each other to encourage, to strengthen, to help one another. So you see the difference. And sometimes, you know, um, there's different measures of faith. Of, of yeah, faith. Just like there's like little faith, weak faith, strong faith. There's also different measures of pain. For example, if we had a ruler here from from one to twelve. Um, from maybe one, if, if you accidentally bump your elbow, you might say, oh, ouch. But if somebody comes up and pinches you real hard, you're going to say, ouch. Well, that was a little stronger than number one. It's kind of closer to number 12. That's a stronger level of pain. And then you've got 13 to 24. Well, that you might have to go to the dentist. And have just um, maybe a filling. Well, he's going to give you some Novocaine. Because if you don't have Novocaine, be a little bit more than just ouch. <laughs> but if you're having oral surgery, maybe a root canal and a tooth pole, well, that's going to be just a little bit more. And he's going to recommend not only Novocaine, but you're going to have to have some pain medication. Then let's just say now you're going to go to the hospital and have some surgery. Well, they're going to put you to sleep. They're not going to operate with you being wide awake. But then maybe they're doing some major surgery and they're gonna to have to put that IV with pain medication coming in you every four hours or you might be so bad they're gonna to have to put you on Novocaine or not Novocaine what do you call it uh, that real what is it morphine. morphine they're putting you on morphine can you see the difference between saying ouch and needing morphine well when I was in the hospital and had that cancer and when I cried out to God I said God help me Help me, help me I mean, I actually thought the pain Would either put me in shock Or it itself would kill me I'd never, and I have a very high tolerance for pain But when that hit me I thought, oh boy And when I cried out to God to help me And he took hold of my hand I don't know how else to describe it Other than I actually, in the spirit realm I could tell I shifted I shifted into grace I don't know how to explain it but it had the pain level had gone all the way to 36 the ruler's full there's no room to grow and I shifted into grace and so that's what happens sometimes when you're praying with people or your loved one and you see all this faith you might just be seeing grace and so we don't want to question God. When, Lord, why did so and so die? I know they were in faith. Just rejoice that they're with the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But when we can understand, what maybe that person just wanted to go home, uh, and, and you don't know because the, the secret wasn't revealed to you. You see what I'm saying? Same way, if I would have died, everybody, my mother would have thought, why did God let Marilyn die? She was such a good person and she's got two little kids. Must have been her time. You see how all that is wrong? So that's why we just have to just let things be in God's hands. And if he wants to reveal something to you, he will do it. But if he doesn't, it's okay. That's his prerogative to Keep a secret, but you don 't ever don 't be mad at God. God is a good God, and He loves you so much, but we want to guard our hearts we don 't want to get into anger, we don 't want to get into fear amen so uh, if there 's anybody here today and if you would like me to pray with you um, just you know, sometimes people think, well, I've been prayed for so many times. That maybe it's a lack of faith if I come up for prayer. No, it's not a lack of faith. I'm just going to reinforce what's already been prayed for, if you want me to pray. If you're in pain or you have sickness, is that all right, Pastor John? We just, I can, I'll pray for you if you would like prayer, and you can just come up here quickly, if you do, and just, just make a line across the, the front here. Did this help you today? Did you, did you learn anything? <laughs> Hallelujah.